the time, how we love that. A question that is often asked as I get to sit with uh, sometimes couples before their marriage, or maybe couples that are struggling in marriage, or maybe just someone that is having difficulties in life. The question that can be asked to them that is a good question to ask is, do you want God's blessing in your life? I've never yet had someone say, no, preacher, I'm not interested in God's blessings in my life. Uh, That can be twisted. Do you want God's blessings in your marriage? Do you want God's blessings in your work? Do you want God's blessings upon your health? But without a doubt, we as believers find ourselves answering affirmatively, yes, we want God's blessings. We find many people that aren't believers that want God's blessings. They've never turned to Him in repentance and faith. But yet they want God's blessings. It's just a general consensus among mankind that God gives good things to people. We believe that. We all want to know how to receive those good things from God. When the news came to Mary concerning the birth of the Lord Jesus, she rejoiced in a song that's recorded in Luke's Gospel chapter 1. That's referred to from the Italian term that... uh, Uh, describes, or excuse me, the Latin term that describes uh, the first couple of words, my soul magnifies the Lord. And it's called Mary's Magnificat. We've examined that in in, in years gone by, but uh, this morning I want to read it again, and then I want to zero in on one particular verse. As we think on the subject of God's gifts, or getting God's gifts, no one's ever said, I don't want to be blessed by the Lord. As a child of God, we need to know, how do we get God's good gifts? Where do these come from? He doesn't give His gifts indiscriminately. We know His common grace, that everyone uh, is a beneficiary of certain gifts that God has given. Air, uh, life, we understand those things. But the blessings of life, the good gifts, the good things... Mary was a virgin and she was uniquely chosen to be blessed by God. And in reference to being chosen by God and being the the earthly vessel through which the Lord would come into this world and become flesh, God become flesh, here's her response. Luke chapter 1 and verse 46. Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, and he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry 
with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. He has spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. Verse 56 says, Mary remained with her about three months, that is with Elizabeth, and then returned to her house. I want to zero in on verse 53 of Mary's song of praise. For it says that He, that's in reference to God, has filled the hungry with good things. May we pray? Father in heaven, thank You for the Scripture, for Your Word, and that it is reliable, and that it is practical for us as followers of Christ, as redeemed children. Thank you that we are yours through the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice of Christ. Thank you, Lord, that in the goodness of your mercy and your grace that you've chosen us unto salvation in Christ. And how we pray that we might experience good things. Let us listen. Let us hear this morning the the method by which you tell us to receive these blessings. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich He has sent away empty. There are two Two propositions that are made in this simple verse that I'm convinced are throughout the Scripture the principle of how we get God's good gifts. That we understand. It's found here. God satisfies the spiritually hungry with good things. Proposition number one. And number two, but the rich... He sends away empty. That is counter to the world. That is counter to maybe what some of you believe. Many believe the rich are the ones that get the good things. And the hungry are those who are empty. Let's look at the scripture this morning. Let's Let's don't miss this basic spiritual principle That's not just here in Mary's song of praise, but throughout the Scripture. God exalts the humble and He brings down, He humbles the proud. There are dozens of passages that emphasize this. Hannah's song in 1 Samuel chapter 2 emphasizes this as well, uh, that God chose Hannah whose womb seemed... Closed, but God, in a strange way, took that which was humble, hungry, and filled it with good things. Samuel, a son, a servant of God. But there's also in the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount that blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. In the words of Paul, we are taught in the, in the New Testament, the Scripture 
Uh, in Corinthians, as Paul made reference to the fact that it was the weak that he exalted and the proud would be brought low, as Peter reminds us in 1 Peter. In the Psalm, Psalm 107, For he has satisfied the thirsty soul, and the hungry soul he has filled with what is good. Over and over and over in the Scripture, we find that proposition. But the counter-proposition is that of the uh, uh, world's thinking, that, that God helps those who help themselves. Somebody told you that lately? Some think that's even in the Scripture, don't they? God helps those who help themselves. Well, that's not in the Word of God. As a matter of fact, it's not even biblical. The truth of the Scripture is God helps those who've come to the end of themselves and they can't help themselves. Is that where you find yourself? You'll never be saved until you recognize there's nothing you can do of your own accord to merit God's favor. We've got folks just on every street corner that believe somehow or another God's going to help us if we help ourselves. And they believe it as it relates to salvation, that I've got to live a certain way. That's not in the Bible. It's based upon human pride, arrogance, and it runs counter to the biblical principle. Scripture pointedly states this, Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 5, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind, trusts in himself. Well, we want God's blessings. We want God's good gifts. So listen this morning as I want to state these two simple propositions, two simple statements of biblical truth from Luke 1 and verse 53, Mary's Magnificat. Number one is this, God satisfies the spiritually hungry with good things. God satisfies the spiritually hungry with good things. Don't get ahead of me because some right now are thinking, oh boy, good things. Lexus, I'd like that. You know, I want a new uh, uh, side-by-side. You know, good things, we think of material. But listen, uh, uh, that's, not, that's not what Mary was speaking about here. Not physical hunger, not physical riches. As a matter of fact, she goes back and says at the end of that, verse 53, what we'll look at next, that the rich materially prospered, he sends away empty. So let me build this propositional truth with some simple statements as well. Number one, the ones God satisfies are marked by spiritual hunger. Not material hunger, but spiritual hunger. Go back to my opening statement about talking to couples and, uh, uh, and even individuals. So often what couples argue and dicker over is what? Lack of material things or the struggling. Finances are the number one cause of, uh, of, of well, the number one cause of divorce is marriage. <laughs> Some folk ought never to marry. It's easier to talk them out of it before they ever marry than it is to talk them into getting married. 
or staying married, rather. But finances rank very high, if not the highest, among problems in marital bliss being interrupted. And often they think that somehow or another that if we go to church and we do right things, that then we'll be blessed materially. Mary was talking not about material blessings when she says filled the hungry with good things. But she's talking about spiritual hunger. So God satisfies those who are spiritually hunger. Those marked by spiritual hunger. Again, what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. What is righteousness? You want a simple definition of it? What is the best picture of righteousness you can get? Jesus Christ the sinless Son of God, the substitute for our sin. He is the best example of righteousness. Do you hunger and thirst after Him? Do you hunger and thirst after Him? God's holiness is personified in Jesus Christ. It's, it's justification, it's sanctification, it's all of it together. And so I ask you this morning, do you hunger and thirst for spiritual things? Many people, many professing Christians even, they desire happiness, but not righteousness. In that marital illustration, I've heard it. Many of you have heard people say this. God wants me to be happy. No, God wants you to be righteous. God wants you to be holy. And you can only be holy through Jesus Christ and happiness will only come as a byproduct of being righteous. He fills the hungry with good things. Too often we grab for momentary happiness wherever we can find it. Some are doing that in the church. They are, they are going to church services. They're, some are watching by uh, Facebook and, uh, that have never attended churches. And I thank God for that, that there's been a gospel witness on that uh, Facebook that hadn't been there before. And so that's a good thing, I guess. But some are doing it just hoping they want a rabbit's foot religion. That I can somehow or another rub my weekly church attendance and I get good things. That's not the principle taught in the Scripture. That's not what Mary is rejoicing about as she's been given the news of the birth of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Martin Lloyd-Jones, doctor, he was a medical doctor, but a preacher. Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote this in regards to those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. He said uh, simply that, uh, uh, I do not know of a better test that anyone can apply to himself or herself in this whole matter of the Christian profession than a verse like this, Matthew chapter 5, in the Sermon on the Mount. If this verse is to you one of the most blessed statements in the whole of Scripture, you can quite be certain that you are a child of God, a Christian. If not, then you had better examine the foundations again. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Lloyd-Jones is saying that's the test of being in the light, of being a child of God, a true child of God. Mary says that God fills the hungry with good things. To be hungry is to be aware that you have a desperate need. Do you? Are you? Hungry people have one focus. That's to be fed. 
That's to be fed. I praise the Lord that Belmont First Baptist Church, we're not, we're not riddled with fusses and things like that. At least I'm not aware of them. And uh, our leadership, I don't believe, is aware of them. Every now and then, somebody maybe. But, but you know why there are many fusses in churches? Because the main thing isn't the main thing. Because the focus, people are hungry not for righteousness, but for material things. Here, the whole of what Mary is saying, that God fills the hungry. One focus of a hungry person is to be fed. It's food. One focus of those who are spiritually hungry is the Lord Jesus Christ. So, the ones God satisfies are marked by spiritual hunger. Okay? First part of verse 53. Continue on. God alone can satisfy that hunger. Nothing else, God satisfies the spiritually hungry. He alone is able to meet our deepest needs. He made us. He understands us. You can only be fed and have the hunger for righteousness in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not made in gimmicks. It's not, it's not fulfilled through uh, um, programs. It's through the Lord Jesus Christ. To seek elsewhere is to find things that will only... Uh, Attempt to satisfy. The Lord spoke through Isaiah. In Isaiah 55, in verses 2 and 3, the Lord said, Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for, what that, for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. That's the Lord's word through the prophet Isaiah. That's what we need to hear. God alone can satisfy spiritual hunger. David knew this when he was being pursued by probably Absalom, his son. He was being pursued by him. And I'll be honest with you, if my sons turned against me and started after me and chased after me and, and the heartbreak of that, but then the possible threat of life being exterminated, I wouldn't have sat down and wrote a song. <laughs> I'd have been saying, God help me! These ingrates are now trying to kill me. But David in Psalm 63 in verse 1, being pursued by more than likely by Absalom, his son, during Absalom's rebellion, David wrote, O oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. In your adversity, what do you cry out? What would be the song of your heart in times of adversity? So the ones that God satisfies are marked by spiritual hunger and God alone is the one that satisfies our spiritual hunger. I'd also say that God satisfies the hungry. Focus on that. He says in verse 53, Mary says, He has filled the hungry. I'm focusing on the word filled. In, in the Greek language, Mary here is quoting from the 107th Psalm, by the way. Uh, uh, but in the, in the Greek language, this is the same word that's used when Jesus fed the 5,000. Do you remember what happened? It says that all of the 5,000, of course there were more than that, 5,000 men plus the women and children. Jesus fed them and it says that they were all filled. It's a word that means to be filled full. 
completely satisfaction. We who have tasted God's banquet are satisfied in the sense that the longing of our soul has been met. But yet there is also a holy dissatisfaction that says we need more, we want more. We hunger, and then we hunger, and then we hunger. What do we need in 2021? For COVID to go away? Well, it'd be nice, but listen folks, what we need is the Lord. What we need is to hunger and thirst after Him. The problem with churches, and I'll say the problem with our church, is not COVID-19 and some pandemic. The problem is hearts that don't hunger and thirst after the Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us that good thing. And by the way, that's my last suppositional point to this truth that the hungry shall be filled with good things. What are the good things? What are the good things? God satisfies the hungry with good things. Well, again, so often our flesh begins to say, oh boy, oh boy, good things, more gifts. And our grandchildren uh, love to come and see their grandmother because... Hey, Gran, you got me a surprise. You got me a surprise. That's, uh, they're associated with that. Uh, they look at Pop and say, hey, Pop. <laughs> but the good things, we often think good things mean material things. That's not what he's done. God fills you with what? With himself. That's the good thing. Our text is not referring to what the world and churchianity often calls the good life. Talking about the Lord. He fills us not with uh, a life of freedom from suffering. Not with a a feeling of self-fulfillment. Not with prosperity. But Mary is referring to the satisfaction of the soul in God Himself. God satisfies the hungry with good things. God fills us. Spiritually hungry with good things. And so the first principle or the first proposition at verse 53, He has filled the hungry with good things. God satisfies those who hunger after Him. But then the latter part of verse 53 is the second proposition and it's that from which we should desire to stay away. He says... And the rich, it could be the, but the rich, he has sent away empty. It's a shocking reversal of the way the world thinks. The world thinks the rich are the ones who've been filled. And that God will give the rich more. Someone told me not long ago, talking about just material things and and, and talking about uh, uh, money and uh, such as that. But but they made an astute point that, that... Often, it takes money to make money. And and they made the comment, they said, I've got a lot of million dollar ideas, but I can't implement those. Well, God's way isn't that we have to be rich in order to merit His favor. God's way is totally opposite. What is God's way? God's way is simply that those who hunger will be filled. The rich are empty is what he's saying and what Mary says here. So let me support this proposition with three simple statements. Number one, God sends away the self-satisfied. 
self-satisfied. He, he, verse 53, Mary says, And the rich, by the rich Mary means those who have no felt needs for God, no need before God. They're proud. They self-proclaim themselves as okay. How do you see yourself before the Lord? Do you come with humility, knowing that you need Him and that's the only way? Or do you come saying, well, I'm a pretty good person. I'm rich in good works. I'm rich in good deeds. But that's not grace, is it? We must see ourselves as a sinner in need of a Savior. The church at Laodicea is like that. What did they say? I'm rich and have become wealthy and I have need of nothing. What did God say about them? God said, God said, you're poor, wretched, blind, naked. How would you describe yourself spiritually before the Lord? Self-satisfied? Self-satisfied? What a great point, important point it is to recognize that God sends away the self-satisfied. Don't be in that number. Also, this this foundational truth is supported by this, that God actively sends them away. God actively. It's a startling statement. It says, and the rich He has sent away. God doesn't say the text just that, that God gives them nothing. It says that He sends them away. Actively, a frightening thought. See, a lot of people in their mind, they, they say, well, wait a minute, I thought God wanted everybody to come to Him and, 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 and that, 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 he, uh, that, that He would love on and everyone that uh, just, just would you know, do good things. And, or, we come to God on His terms, not ours. A lot of man-made idols being worshipped today. It's on His terms. Several years ago, 30 years ago, on December the 17th of 1990, Newsweek magazine put out an article. It was a cover story uh, in Newsweek magazine about um, baby boomers, which most of us in this room are baby boomers, right? But baby boomers in the 90s had begun to come back to the church. And this article was investigating how they were now coming back as they began to see and uh, re- uh, understand the needs, the values of religion. And so they were coming back to the church on their terms, not God's. They didn't convert, they chose. They looked for churches or assemblies that would meet the needs that they had, they wanted. Now, I think we should do that as long as that need is a biblical need. As long as we see the need for truth to be relevant in the matter, God's truth. But they, they wanted to know, this article says, they want to know what's in it for me. Has that not permeated many a church today? Give me the programs. Give me the opportunity. It's not that we hunger for righteousness. We hunger for things, activities, and those matters. Picky consumers shopping for churches that offer the services they like. You can make a, a, a custom-made, man-made island, idol if you like. But you can only come to God on His terms. Do you see yourself as hungry and starving? 
You must. If you want God's blessings, well, God sends away the rich. It's actively sending them away. He doesn't, he doesn't change His standard. He sends them away. And look at this. He sends them away empty-handed. Empty-handed. If God sends you away empty-handed, you have absolutely nothing. Paul described in Ephesians 2 and verse 12, referring to the unbelievers, he said they were people who had no hope and without God. That's what the Ephesians were before they came to Christ. What good are material riches in this life if you spend an eternity in the place that Jesus described as where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched? Do you hunger? Do you thirst after Christ? Outer darkness, weeping and gnashing of teeth. The worst thing that could happen to anyone is to be filled with the passing pleasures of this life and this world, but to be empty-handed when they stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll not be impressed with your material earnings. He'll not be impressed with your possessions or even with your good deeds. We come only through the blood of Jesus Christ. We come only because we hungered for Him who is righteous and that He paid the debt for our sin on the cross of Calvary. Read the verse again. He's filled the hungry with good things. This year at Christmas when we celebrate with gifts and presents and things, maybe you got some what you would call good things. But can I ask you this? Is your life filled with that Good thing that Mary's talking about? God Himself. A living, vital relationship with Jesus Christ that brings you into the presence of holy, almighty God. And only He can make you right and just. Do you hunger? But the rich He has sent away empty. Dwight Moody had this to say about emptiness and, and feel. He said that God, Christ sends none away empty, but those who are full of themselves. Moody was saying the same thing, but that to be full of yourself is really to be empty. Not much there. What I want for Belmont First Baptist Church in 2021, well, there are a lot of minor things, but more than anything, what I desire and I pray what you desire is that we would hunger for good things, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this passage and for the Scripture that reminds us that Jesus would fill us if we hunger and thirst. Move in hearts this morning. I pray no one here thinks that they are good enough in themselves. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would pierce their heart because our sin separates us from you. And if a person thinks they can stand before you in their sin, they're deceived and the eternal judgment awaits when they stand before you at the great white throne and be condemned. Depart from me, I never knew you. I pray that no one listening today would say that. 
would hear that, but that they would come, admitting who they are and what they've done, for we are all sinners, and come to the Lord Jesus Christ, the righteous one, good things. Father, may you fill us as we hunger for you. I pray, Heavenly Father, that uh, the rich, those that are trusting in themselves, that are proud, that are arrogant, self-sufficient, that they would see what dangerous territory they face. Lord, convict as only you can do, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.